Hello and welcome to Affable Chat Off Script, the episodes of Affable Chat that aren't about movies. I'm sitting here with Liesl. Liesl, say hello. Hi, guys. And today we're going to be talking about Masters 2022, specifically our trip to the Masters. Uh, We were able to... um, watch the masters in person for uh the friday afternoon and it was spectacular and it's something i really want to be able to remember vividly and so we're going to get all our thoughts out and talk about our experience right here on the podcast but i think the first thing we need to tackle is how on earth did i go to the masters this was uh you know i'm not the the biggest well i do enjoy a lot of sports i'm not the biggest golf fan um so i you know, hadn't even tried to get tickets to the Masters before, and evidently they're very difficult to acquire. So to have the opportunity to to uh, go to the Masters is really an honor. And um, I think to answer that question, how I got into the Masters, Liesl can clear that up a little bit, talking about a little bit of her family's history with the tournament. Yeah, so um, my family has had the tickets for a while now. Um, my grandfather is actually the one who originally acquired the tickets. Uh, so the way that you get a ticket to the masters is you sign up now it's online and you're basically put into a waiting list and people are chosen at random to receive tickets when patrons have either lost their tickets or have passed away and they no longer receive their tickets. And so the people who are on the waiting list will fill in those spots And my grandfather got on the list um, all the way back in 1963. He put his name in, and for 30 years he waited um, until 1993 when he actually acquired the tickets. And so his name was randomly chosen out of that waiting list. And once you get the tickets, you have to pay for them every year or you get dropped off the list. Um, and so for the past 29 years, my family has been fortunate enough to have access to the masters through these two tickets that we've been using. Um, so yeah, and I've been going since my dad says 2008, which is when the masters implemented the junior pass program, uh, which is when a patron has access to a ticket, they can bring a child, uh, between the ages of eight and 16 for free. So I would go with my dad and my granddad. They would have the two tickets that my granddad acquired. And I would go um, as a junior pass patron with the two of them for several years. I don't think I missed a master's until 2019, which was one of the most unfortunate years to miss just because it was right before COVID. And uh, we weren't fortunate enough to get tickets in 2021 because that was when it was limited number. Um, but thankfully, we were able to get those tickets again this year, and I got to bring Benjamin with me. Yeah. So, and and these tickets you can use; they're good for two entries per day, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so I can read the little snippet out of um, our spectator guide. We got yeah this fantastic spectator guide when we were walking in. It's just like a you know a, a it's a little more involved than just a pamphlet. Yeah, it's I would, sixty-eight I would, pages. I would say long. it's more of a book, <laughs> but they hand you this literature as you walk in. It's full of great information. So we're going to be mm-hmm. referring to this a few times during this episode. But uh, Liesl's going to read the bit about tickets. Yeah. So all tickets are sold in advance, and none will be available at the gates. 
Persons of all ages must have a ticket to gain entry to the grounds, and the ticket should be displayed at all times. Please note that patron tickets are valid for two gate entries per day. Additional entry will not be permitted. And then it goes on to describe how um, ANI is the only authorized source or seller for master's tickets because um, over the years, uh, there's been lots of people sitting right outside of the master's gates saying, we'll buy tickets, we'll sell tickets. And I think they wanted to lower that you know, number of people um, or to zero, basically. There, there weren't any right at the gate. Not right at the gate. We saw yeah. one guy who was decently far away from mm-hmm. the gate, like not even in the parking lot, like down the street from yeah. the parking. <laughs> this one guy was scalping mm-hmm. tickets. Yeah. So I think they wanted to like, you know, cut down on that completely um so only people who have tickets or people who are you know relatives or friends of people who have tickets are allowed to come basically it's pretty exclusive and it it is fortunate that we were able to go and it 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 was such a blessing that like this has been a tradition in my family and it's also just a huge tradition internationally I mean we saw lots of people from around the world there and I've seen and heard many different accents yeah no, it's almost like, I mean, I put the Masters on par with other worldwide sporting events like mm-hmm. the Super Bowl or, you know, maybe the World Cup the World final Cup, yeah. where it's something that everybody, even if you're not a fan of the sport, you know what it is. Yeah. And honestly, one of my favorite things about the Masters is that it's all about the sport and they do a lot to kind of cut out the commercial aspect mm-hmm. of sports, which, you know, is, is completely... Uh, present in any sport that you see people are wearing hats that just say a brand name on them or uh, you know if you're watching soccer they've got the brand you would think that some of the teams are named the shirt the thing that's on their shirt but that's just their sponsor and the masters is just called the masters and Mm -hmm. i love that it's not the smoothie king like (laughs) invitational tournament or any other ridiculous brand name Mm -hmm. it's the masters and I, I, and even inside of the actual venue, I mean, there, there wasn't a lot going on besides just golf, mm-hmm. which is awesome. There, there were, they weren't cutting away to, to tell you about such, such and such, or at least there wasn't anything in the tournament itself that was trying to sell me anything besides the love of golf, mm-hmm. which was really cool. So, um, one of the things about the Masters is you're not allowed to bring your phone in there. Mm-hmm. So when we got uh, to, the actual parking lot we left our phones in the car and then we walked in and i like i think that's a really cool aspect of this because whenever you're at a really cool event like this you feel pressured to kind of document your presence yeah to say like oh my gosh there goes tiger woods let me take a picture to prove to people that i saw him but if you don't have your phone there's no responsibility for that you just right can it be there completely present and i thought that was a really cool aspect of it but to kind of supplement that i brought a notepad in because i wanted to remember all the stuff that happened while we were at the masters so uh, we're going to go through those notes and kind of recap our day uh at at the Masters. so this was friday Mm -hmm. which is the second day of the tournament the tournament so not one of the practice days Mm -hmm. and not par three yeah it's the actual masters tournament Mm -hmm. And um, we got there at one. We got there at like 1243. And (laughs) my grandma and my little sister went that morning. So because you can have two gate gate entries per day, we try to maximize the amount of people we can get in on these two tickets. So, you know, presumably you could get 
what, 16 different people in over the course of the four-day tournament. And if you had an 8 to 16-year-old on a junior pass each day, you know, that would be, what, eight more people. So, yeah, you could get a lot of people in on two different tickets. Um, So this was the day that my little sister was able to go, and so my grandmother went with her. And fortunately, they went pretty early and got a great parking spot. Um, The Master, or Augusta National, the Masters, they bought a whole bunch of land right outside of Augusta National Golf Club. And this is meant just for this week, just for the Masters, for parking. And it's free for patrons. Um, so free parking, always a good thing. And usually it fills up by like 11 or 12. And of course, as I said earlier, we were getting there at like 12.45. So we had planned to switch cars <laughs> so that we wouldn't have to walk as far or pay for parking. Um, so we met up with my grandma and and my little sister and they gave us the tickets and car keys and we gave them our car and then we walked to their wherever their car was parked which was very close to the gate and like Benjamin said we had to drop our phones off in there and um then we went on our way to the the gate of the Augusta National (laughs) and you were telling me as we were going in that this is the only time that regular people are allowed at Augusta National yeah so patrons Uh, like only have access to Augusta National Golf Club during this tournament week. So you can have um, practice round tickets or like you said, par three tournament tickets um, or actual tournament tickets like we did. Um, But other than that, it's yeah, closed off, very exclusive, you know, for celebrities or professional golfers, um, presidents, you know. Right. So um, and hearing all this mm -hmm. as a person, obviously I knew about what the Masters was, but not knowing all the details, finding this stuff out as I'm walking in. Mm-hmm. I'm, it felt very special yeah. to be, uh, you know, have the privilege of being able to check out the Masters for myself. Mm-hmm. So um, as we were walking in, you go through the gate and immediately one thing is apparent is that they have streamlined everything yeah. as far as queuing or uh, like being processed as an individual. Because like when you walk in, you have to obviously scan your ticket to get through the gate. And the way they've got it set up, it's like uh, almost like I'm going to compare it to a theme park because that's what I've been to. This is also my first golf tournament ever. So I don't know if it's like this at other golf tournaments. Right. But you're walking in, you've got your, you go through the security gates, you scan your tickets and they have so many people working. Mm -hmm. There's so many people ready to to like welcome you in. First off, they're so polite. They're Mm -hmm. saying welcome to the masters. And they also get you in and out. You're through the, the gate very quickly. And that was kind of the theme for basically everything that was done throughout the day, whether it was the bathrooms or the concession stand. There was a lot of people working, a lot of different lines you can get into and also get through those lines quickly. So which was was something I really liked. It mm-hmm. was like a theme park in the sense that like there was a lot of people there, mm-hmm. but it was very unlike a theme park in the sense that you were getting through these lines extremely quick. Yeah. Even like the men's bathrooms mm-hmm. lines, which were much longer than the women's bathroom yes. line. But it wasn't even <laughs> close. Was I like, didn't I didn't wait in line at all all day. There was like two people in front of me one time, but otherwise mm-hmm. I walked right into a stall. Right. Um, and and I did wait in line, mm-hmm. but it was the type of thing where you're walking like, oh no no, this yeah. line is so It's horrendous. deceiving though, yeah. <laughs> and they would have, the lines are, they're, they're expecting the lines to be long. So they have a person who has a sign that says, gentlemen's restroom starts here, or like line starts here. And they hold that up. It's way up in the air so you can see it. And you get in line there and then you basically don't stand still. You just mm-hmm. walk 
<laughs> you're walking the whole the line, time yeah and you get into the bathroom and then there's guys in there who are working the the bathroom line they're like okay we got one right there right there and mm-hmm. like directing traffic getting folks in which was which was great and it even was, yeah even though the women's line was never long they had the same thing we had women in there directing us to which stall to go into and between every single woman they checked for the toilet paper in the bathroom stall it was hilarious i was like you have to do this every single time like a woman comes in and out and it but i mean i guess it works you know nobody's super, ever gonna run out of toilet paper right. yeah so, it just felt like we were well taken care of yeah and yeah. again like everybody was so nice and you know they were there for like eight hours that day you know work minimum working doing the exact same job and they yeah. still had a smile on their face they still were polite as ever and yeah it was awesome and the other thing too that made it different i don't know why i'm just going off on like comparing this to a theme park it's very different but another <laughs> thing that was different was being around so many people and everybody generally being pretty quiet yes a lot of talking in more like hushed tones and uh, i mean you're around golf so mm-hmm. you got to be respectful of that uh which was also an interesting thing not to mention nobody was on their phone yeah so all the all the noises you heard was either people talking or the sounds of nature there were mm-hmm. plenty of birds and stuff out there or the sounds of golf yeah right uh but it was uh yeah it just felt like a very unique atmosphere being inside the masters mm-hmm. and uh, like going back to walking through the gate it's interesting because you're going from this huge parking lot where it's just cars and it's like nice grass and like nice enough grass and you walk um under this pedestrian tunnel basically and it open up opens up into the security gate and once you get past it it's just gorgeous yes the grounds of augusta national are so well kept the grass is always green you know the um, flowers are blooming because it's springtime and it was just amazing and it was windy outside and then once we entered it was the wind had calmed down it was almost like we were in a little bubble yes and it it was a little bit less windy but there was a good deal of wind in certain areas and it was uh interesting the effect that had on some of the players Mm -hmm. Uh, there was at one point we were standing near a sand trap and the wind was whipping the sand into everybody's eyes which was funny because we were looking and the wind was blowing one direction towards a bunch of people we saw them all like oh no and we were, we were like, like ha, ha. Ah, that's kind of funny <laughs> and then it blew directly at us and we we're like oh no now it's it's come towards us and, and of course we're all sitting there trying to watch the golfers play and, and then every single patron's head turns the opposite direction at the same time because the sand <laughs> is in their eyes so we're we're like not able to watch golf at that at that point that's when we decided to to keep walking yeah (laughs) but also just you know take a moment to appreciate the skill of these golfers because i mean it was difficult enough to keep our hats on our heads yeah let alone hit a little white ball Mm -hmm. you know however far and and keep it on course with all these gusting winds so that was uh that was really interesting but when we when we got in you know, this is not Liesl's first rodeo. This may be my <laughs> first golf tournament literally ever, but Liesl knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. So she had a plan. Our the first thing we were doing was hitting the concession stand to get some iconic Masters tournament food mm-hmm. before getting in line to get our iconic Masters tournament photo. Yep. So we headed over to the concession stand and I got a pimento cheese sandwich, which I had heard a lot about before going to the tournament. Liesl got herself. I got an egg salad sandwich, of course. Yes. And we both got some chips. We got some chips, (laughs) some Masters chips. Mm -hmm. They had their own branding for the potato chips. I got got, classic kettle 
chips and they were very crunchy. And I got the barbecue kettle, kettle chips um, and they were also very good. And, and then we grabbed ourselves some crow's nest beers. Mm-hmm. That which, was the first time I'd ever seen those there because usually it's just like imported or domestic beer and those are your two options. And then this one, this time they had the crow's nest, which right. is special like naming for the Augusta National because they yeah. don't ever throw the brand names out there like the they won't tell you this but the domestic beer is blue moon Mm -hmm. um it just says domestic beer or it'll say like zero calorie sports drink and it's like powerade (laughs) yeah well i i I did see something in this book about um the actual crow's nest okay so uh it says crow's nest available for amateurs wishing to be housed there during the master's tournament the crow's nest provides living space for up to five individuals rising from the approximately 30 by 40 foot room is the clubhouse's 11 foot square cupola cupola (laughs) the cupola features windows on all sides which can only be reached by ladder so it uh, sounds like a place where amateurs can stay. So I think that's, okay. it was like similar to what you're saying is it's mm-hmm. just like a cheeky way to hide the brand name for mm-hmm. whatever the beer is, which again is a beautiful thing to do. I love that it's, it's like, it's about the masters. It's yes. not about the sponsors or any mm-hmm. other trying to sell you something. You've already purchased the thing, which is tickets to the masters. Yeah. Just keep it focused on the masters. I love it. I, I really do love it. And uh, yeah, the other uh, like, you know, generic, master's thing is the fact that you know these pimento cheese sandwiches and egg salad sandwiches as like good as they are they are just very basic you know it's just bread with like the filling um but the other thing is they're a dollar 50 they're so cheap like you're not paying 10 12 dollars for like a water bottle at the masters like you would be at concessions at like any other sporting event so again it's about golf it's not about trying to spend as much money as you can you know getting food um, it's, it's about fueling yourself for the day so you can walk around and watch more golf, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a good first stop because we were able to grab our food and get in line for the picture. But on the way to the picture, we, um, saw Tiger Woods walking out of, I guess the, um, what would you call it? Like the, one of the buildings, area, one of the buildings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they're formed kind of like a tunnel of people. And I was like, telling benjamin i was like we can we should get, be able to get yeah. through here like, we like we why are try- there so many people <laughs> we weren't trying to see any golfers yet we yeah were we were trying going to, to take to a picture, picture. Yeah. yeah and i was like i i know we can go back this way like why why is it blocked off maybe like this is one of those crosswalks where we have to wait and they open the the ropes but then you know before we know it like five feet in front of us is tiger woods you know walking through all these people to get to one of the practice putting greens and so we stood and watched for a second and then still beelined over to the pictures and probably a great thing we did because we waited in line for 23 minutes, which is pretty freaking short for um, a line for a picture for a queue. Because um, my little sister who went this morning or that same morning said they waited probably 30 minutes. Um, and then my older sister who had went the day before waited an hour in line. So we kind of hit the nail on the head there. We were like, um, in the line at the exact right time right and, and still got to see tiger come out and start you know practicing yeah, yeah i mean it's like we were saying there's no phones in there so if you want to get documented proof you yeah. were in there you got one shot mm-hmm. and it's getting your well actually alternatively you could get on tv right <laughs> but uh that's not as certain of a chance you mm-hmm. could just uh go get your picture taken in front of the uh players players corner corner yeah and 
Uh, so yeah, that's what we did. And we were able to eat our, our lunch in while line. we were waiting in mm-hmm. line. We barely had enough time, honestly. <laughs> the line was almost too short. And uh, after we finished eating our chips, our hands were all greasy. And we were lamenting the fact that we neglected to pick up napkins. And a nice lady who was also waiting in line uh, handed us some napkins. It was so funny because I was jokingly being like, oh, I wish I had a napkin. And literally out of nowhere, they just appear in front of me. And <laughs> I mean, we've already talked about like how great the you know workers at the Masters are, how accommodating and super like nice and helpful they are. But the patrons at the Masters, super nice and very helpful. Obviously, she just a random lady, stranger I'll never see again, gave us some napkins when we were in need. And I don't know. It's just feels so like there's so much camaraderie between patrons because it's like we all have this respect for where we are and what we're doing and you know nobody's got to be better than anybody else everybody's just kind of on the same page yeah. well and also just like a clear appreciation for the opportunity to be mm-hmm. there people i mean obviously didn't talk to literally everybody but it seemed like everybody was really stoked on the Mm -hmm. fact that they even just got to be there everyone that we talked to at least yeah and the other thing about the picture so once we you know cleaned our hands (laughs) with the napkin (laughs) the lady gave us uh we got in line for the picture we were at the front of the line for the picture and we got to stand in the middle so they've got three different um photography stations you know, one from the left side, one from the right side. And we got to stay in the middle, which is like one of the cool spots because you're right in front of the, <laughs> the logo that's made out of flowers. Um, it's and a great picture. It great is a picture. great picture. And my grandmother would have killed me if we didn't get a picture because she's got so many over the years. And it's really cool to see like me and my cousins and my dad and my granddad like in all these pictures as we like grow up um, in, you know, just at the Masters. It's, you know, our family tradition. And I'm glad that we got one so soon because we got that checked up the list and then we weren't worried about it for the rest of the day. And the way that they do it is they scan this um, like card that has a QR code. And once they take that picture, they scan it so that it gets on that card and then they give it to you. And we got back that night at like seven 30 and it was online already. So there was no waiting for that ready, picture. <laughs> ready for our uh, ready for our Insta our post. Instagram <laughs> collaboration. Yeah, where we posted it from both of our accounts. But yeah, it was very cool, and I'm mm-hmm. glad. Yeah, that's a picture I think I'm going to cherish um, mm-hmm. for a long, long time. And um, so yeah, we timed the picture really well, and we were able to. After that, we felt you know we did the thing. We checked off lunch, checked off getting our picture taken, and we were ready to go really watch some golf. So uh, we walked back. Oh, we did see like a giant drone that was kind of flying above us, which I assume had one of the broadcasters was flying. And uh, or somebody was just having a lot of trouble getting their Amazon delivery because it was there for a (laughs) long time. But uh, we were walking back. Definitely some Gamecocks fans out there. Oh my gosh! I was yeah. wearing a Gamecocks polo, and I got a lot of respectfully, uh, you know, said like "Go Gamecocks!" You know, kind of a not too loud, right? We weren't trying to be disruptive, but people letting me know they were also supporting the national champions. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Um, so we walked to hole nine. This is where we were getting blasted with the wind yep. and the sand trap, and we saw Higo, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't remember his first name. But uh, we the first real golf that I remember seeing was watching Higo get out of the sand trap on hole nine. Yeah, and um, and we also saw Couples. Fred Couples was out there with Higo, and um, and we got to see them both finish on hole nine. Mm-hmm. Although 
uh, in my notes here, Higo did miss a, like a really short putt, uh, which was you know yeah, tough to see, tough to see. But um, that it was you know cool to be that close and be able because you can really. I mean, we we were I don't know on the other side of the sand trap, but not that far from the sand trap. Like mm-hmm. we were pretty close to uh, the actual putting green. And for anybody else who, like me, has never been to a golf tournament before, it's pretty cool the way it works because there's players who are teeing off every, what, 10 minutes mm-hmm. when, from like when their tee times begin, and they're just playing constantly. So they're walking the courses, going through, you know, it, from 1 to 18, and while they're playing, they don't let you walk on the course, obviously, but there are paths that cross through each course or not each course, but various courses. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's that like brief moment between players, they open it up and that's when people can walk through. So uh, part of it is walking through between all the different courses and you get stopped because the place you got to go to is blocked off because there's players playing. You sit there and watch them. Then they get through, they open up the course and then everybody, it's like a crosswalk, Mm -hmm. everybody going through. Um, which was pretty cool. You get really close to the action there. And you get to just see the players as they're coming through. Yeah. Um, Something that I didn't know, which I'm sure any actual golf fan probably already knew this, but I was looking around for the golf carts. (laughs) I was wondering why these guys were walking, but that really does add a lot, I think, to the the Mm -hmm. athletic portion of the the, uh, competition because not only are you swinging a golf club, however many to 280 times or whatever over the weekend but you're also walking this course four different times mm-hmm. and um that's a lot of walking as we we did a lot of walking yeah but probably not as much as the players no so <laughs> we uh so yeah so we were walking oh the wind did blow liesel's hat completely off but luckily it, it stuck on my like, it was on her hair ponytail it was fine <laughs> <laughs> but i like turned around because i thought it had fallen on the ground and i was like oh my gosh but yeah it was good it was um, gusty out there. it was it was pretty gusty and i it, got a headache because my hat was so tight but like i had to keep it tight because it was so windy yeah and and the weather was actually beautiful yeah. it was in the mid 60s mm-hmm. pretty much although there was kind of a I don't know, five to 10 degree variance based on whether or not the sun was behind the clouds. Because right. when there was no clouds, it was it was pretty warm. The sun was really beaten down. And then the clouds are covered up and then the wind hits you and it's like, oh, it's a little bit chilly out here. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was it was pretty good. I mean, I was wearing short, uh, like a, a polo and pants. And I felt like I was mm-hmm. in the ideal outfit for the day. Yeah, I agree. I was wearing a skirt and a long sleeve shirt. So it worked out really well just because... It didn't ever get too hot or too cold, except right at the very end. But I'm pretty cold natured, so <laughs> right at the end <laughs> well, was when it, the sun was actually going down. Yeah, so. and it, yeah, and it did get significantly cloudier towards the end of the day. Yeah. But they also have these non, uh, are not non, these complimentary phones that are mm-hmm. just like pay phones, basically pay phones for free. Yeah, and. I, uh, in this day and age, don't really have that many phone numbers memorized, but I called my parents and left them voice messages, letting mm-hmm. them know, I'm calling you from the masters, which I mm-hmm. thought was pretty cool. Um, and there was, uh, I, I don't know, it's just, it's another one of those things where you're in just a weird place with no phones. Mm-hmm. So having the opportunity to use that, it's, uh, it felt pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, so we saw a couple other guys. We saw, I have Singh, Palmer, and Lee. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best 
Sing was was having a tough time. He was at plus eleven when we saw him. Yeah. Um. They were they were the ones who were playing nine after Fred Couples and company, mm-hmm. and um, so we saw them hitting from the uh, fairway right before they let us cross, mm-hmm. and then that was right before we went and made that phone call. Then we eventually got back into the concessions line to get some Georgia salty peanut caramel cluster. Oh, yeah, it was really good. It was good. It was a nice dessert. <laughs> and, and I'm I, glad we got it then because the next time we tried to go through the line, pretty much all the snacks were gone. Yeah, yeah. So we we did that right timing as well. And I got a, a second sandwich. I went with the pimento cheese the first time and I went with the egg salad yeah. sandwich the same time. Yeah, the two classics, the $2.50 sandwiches yes. you got to get. So we, we got them both, which is good. Yeah, definitely. Had to try them both. And then um, we went to Hole 15 after that mm-hmm. and saw uh, Jordan Spieth and also um, Hovland. Victor Hovland, Hovland. Hovland yeah. uh, from Norway. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we saw them playing. And then, like I was saying before, we were walking around. We saw Higo and, and Fred Couples, Couples yeah. on, a, on a different hole as they were making their way around the course. And we finally made it to the, the place where we were actually trying to go. Yeah, this is the place that um, my dad loves to sit at. My granddad loved to sit out as well. Um, and so I just felt like, you know, I haven't been to the Masters since 2019. I'm not going to try to do anything new. I'm just going to do the <laughs> same thing that I, I'm used to doing and be the guide that I knew I could be. Uh, so since Benjamin has not been before, I was like, it's not going to be, everything's going to be new for him. It absolutely was so, all new for me. So. Yeah. So we went to Amen Corner, which is where 13, 14, and 15 all kind of go in a triangle. Um, and so we sat on like the end of 13 and the beginning of 14. So we could see, you know, a little bit of the fairway of both and um, the green for 13 and get to see them finish up there and then got to see them tee off on 14. Uh, and we had pretty good seats. We were in the center, like, stands. Um, and I was able to see every single golfer come through. The bars weren't in the way. There was no people in the way. And we sat there for pretty much the rest of the afternoon. We saw a lot of different groupings come through. Yeah. And it was fun to see. Um, I was telling Benjamin, like, why I like sitting. Because you can you can watch um, and follow, like, one or f- uh, two or three golfers, like, one group. And just see them at every single hole throughout the day. Um, or you could bounce around to a couple of holes like we did at the beginning. Or you could sit on a hole, which is what we just like ended up doing. And what I like about it is you get to see how every single golfer, um, you know, treats the hole. Like goes, makes their strategy for actually like playing that hole. And like sitting and seeing like, I don't even know how many players we saw there. Like at least 20 Oh yeah. Through. Oh yeah. And so seeing, many groups. Yeah, seeing all their strategies, it was very interesting because we were like, "Oh, like that's exactly where so and so's ball landed before." Like, let's do, see how well, they play this time. Yeah. What do you call? You don't call them groups, do you? Is there is there a word for it? I think it's it? groups. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, twenty twenty two groupings and starting times. So they're groupings, and okay. then I think they're pairs on Friday or Saturday and Sunday, um, because Thursday and Friday you have groupings of like three three people okay um but then on saturday and sunday you cut it down and you'll have just pairs or couples of two people well i want to read the the, so this helpful manual again it's the master's (laughs) spectator guide and 
there's a whole by whole con- descriptions. So I want to read the description for number 13, uh, just so people can get an idea of what we were watching. So it's a par five, 510 yards. It's called Azalea. That's, uh, I guess that's the name of the hole. Yeah, it's the name of the, the hole because all of the holes are named after plants or flowers that are on the holes. So azaleas, we got to see a lot of them and they were blooming and they were beautiful. And uh, here's the description. So an accurate tee shot to the center of the fairway will allow a player to go for the green in two if he desires. A tributary to Ray's Creek winds in front of the green and behind the putting surface are four bunkers. The Byron Nelson Bridge is located at this tee. From tee to green, there are approximately 1,600 azaleas. And yeah, so I, I think this is a really interesting hole because uh, it has a little bit of everything. It's got a water hazard. It's mm-hmm. got a bunker. It's got the decision to try to go for the green in two or play it safe uh, and try to get there uh, you know, t- so, you don't, so you can avoid the water hazard. They also have a spectator suggestions uh, section of the spectator guide, which has a little bit about hole number 13. So I want to read that now. Number 13 is a tempting and dangerous hole. It invites the long drivers to bend one around the corner on the left. Too much of a hook means a water hazard penalty, which we definitely saw. Yes. But if the shot is brought off successfully, the player is rewarded with a good chance to get home in two. Quite a number of Masters Tournament players try for this green in two, while others play it safe mm-hmm. rather than risk the tiny brook, which must be crossed twice in playing the hole. Worthy of special mention. This is really cool, Liesl. Worthy of special mention is that in 1947, Byron Nelson played number 13 in 3-3-4-4 three, three, four, four for six under par. Yeah. He made his money on this uh, on this hole. Definitely a challenging hole that has mm-hmm. it seems like it's tempting to try to go for something yeah. like huge but also could end up disastrous because mm-hmm. we did see some balls end up in the creek yeah and, they uh, almost made it it was like if you had hit it just that bit harder they wouldn't have you know rolled literally down. rolled back down if they had got it one foot further forward it would have made it on the green and it, it is like heartbreaking because you know you hear the crowd and the crowd's like oh yeah you know and and that happens, you know, it's, it's golf. Yeah. Well, in talking about the crowd, it was, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're watching golf, so you got to keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. But whenever something cool happens, people obviously applaud. And for the most part, the applause had to be earned. Yes. You couldn't just sink it eventually and get any applause. People were really holding out unless you got something impressive, which on hole 13 on Friday was pretty rare. Yeah. Not a lot of people who are, are really killing it on that hole. Um, although we did see a couple of birdies, uh, mm-hmm. a few birdies. And um, so, it, but it was it was kind of rare. It was, it was definitely had to be earned. Yeah. And I'm going to read something about etiquette that is on the, we got, so we got two sheets of paper or two handouts, basically. We got the handbook that we've been reading from and then this sheet of paper that's got the groupings and starting times. Um, and it's got this little snippet that is a quote um, from Bobby Jones and Robert Tyre Jones Jr. Um, so it says, in golf, customs of etiquette and decorum are just as important as rules governing pl- play. 
It is appropriate for spectators to applaud successful strokes in proportion to difficulty, but excessive demonstrations by a player or his partisans are not proper because of the possible effect upon other competitors. Most distressing to those who love the game of golf is the applauding or cheering of misplays or misfortunes of a player. Such occurrences have been rare at the Masters, but we must eliminate them entirely if our patrons are to continue to merit their reputation as the most knowledgeable and considerate in the world. So obviously it's important for the patrons to play a, a good part in how, you know, the whole applause like hands out because it's inappropriate for a player to, you know, be angry and throw his club just as it's inappropriate for a patron to boo somebody or clap because they missed, you know, a stroke. So I thought that was interesting because it's kind of uh, like an unspoken rule. Uh, it's just golf etiquette where you're, you know, talking quietly while they're about to like hit their um, ball, uh, but also clapping, you know, in proportion to the difficulty yeah. of the stroke. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, which if the if it wasn't very difficult, if it was them missing a short putt and then just tapping it in, there was usually not a lot of applause to be given, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but another thing that was really interesting, because once we, obviously golf, I don't think it's that complicated of a sport, at least to understand the rules, but I still find a way to get confused by it. So <laughs> we were sitting at this hole long enough that I was able to kind of catch it, catch the rhythms of the game and kind of understand what was going on, when to look at what, because we've got the end of hole 13, the beginning of hole 14. So sometimes you're looking at the guys on 14 who are driving and then you look up and, oh, everybody's already getting ready to putt on 13. When did these guys get here? So uh, I was kind of catching up with that, but it really did move quickly. Yes. I know golf, I know some people think golf is boring, but it, it honestly would, did not have a lot of downtime no. when we were watching. As soon as one group wrap, wrapped up and, and started walking down 14, uh, 13 was already getting ready to start putting. So it was uh, honestly kind of <laughs> as like bizarre as it sounds to say this, it was nonstop action yeah. uh, on well, the golf course. I mean, when you think about it, there were 31 groupings um, yesterday on Friday and they teed off starting at 8 a.m. and the last group teed off at two. So it's 30 different or 31 different groups of people, you know, three per group with very few exceptions. And, you know, I don't even know if they went past 7 p.m. last night. I'm not sure when the last group wrapped up, but I, they got in and out. You know, you got to play fast when you're doing a tournament. And these are professionals. They can't sit there all day. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a sport. It's not, you know, leisurely activities for these guys. Yeah. So, Although it didn't seem like they were in, in, in like too much of a rush, right? There was still right. plenty of... Uh, different golf stances to get a good look at the mm -hmm. putting green or whatever before they, they made their hit. A lot of dropping it low <laughs> and, uh, you know, the other guys kind of leaning on their their putter. Yeah, and... I mean, they took an appropriate amount of time. Like, yeah, you yeah. still have to, you know, scope out your, your shots. Um, but, but we did see many people eating while they were walking, you know, eating a bite of a granola bar, having a sandwich as yeah. they're walking up the fairway. So... You but know, I will lots say, of multitasking here. Yeah, yeah. But I will reiterate just as a probably the most casual golf fan that you could possibly be. I was surprised with how exciting and how fast paced it yeah. was uh, because, you know, I guess that's just not what comes to mind immediately when I think of golf. But it really it was it was very cool to see mm -hmm. so much happening. So um, let's see what else we saw. A I mean, we saw a bunch of um, groups going through here and early on there was a bunch of 
there's like a huge leaderboard at mm-hmm. Eamon Corner that shows you who's in the lead. And most of them were either already done or weren't coming through for the first few groups of people that came through uh, while we were watching. But uh, as the day progressed, we started seeing some of the players who are having better days. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Still going through these notes here. We did see Kevin Na mm-hmm. and I don't know his first name, Lowry. I don't remember either. But they were both uh, below par. And as the time of this recording, at least kind of still in it, right? Yes, definitely. Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I regretted not bringing binoculars. I think if I went back to the Masters, yeah. I would definitely bring binoculars. Not that it was incredibly difficult to see, but this is definitely the type of place where binoculars would be definitely an added value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely had to practice watching a few tee-offs to actually be able to follow the ball. Oh my gosh, I it's so tough. that mm-hmm. I still, uh, only a handful was I actually able to follow it all the way. I'd, I'd get it for the first 100 yards maybe and then mm-hmm. i'd lose it it was tough but. it's hard in the clouds because it's a little white ball and you know blends right in so well uh yeah you know, we saw a few other players um who not um you know some of them i'd heard of before but one that i definitely had heard of before was bryson dechambeau mm-hmm. and he was in dechambles yeah at this tournament. he was not doing he well. was at plus 10 when he got to our uh to our hole and he actually was uh he he hit a ball that went too far to the right Mm -hmm. it was so far to the right that actually landed like he was on hole 13 and it landed where they tee off on hole Hole 14 14. and it rolled towards a cameraman who had to lift his leg to get out of the way to not touch the ball it was so close i mean he didn't even realize it was coming toward him yeah and somebody i guess had gotten his attention at the very last possible second and he finally like lifted his leg and everybody in the stands is like <gasps> like freaking out <laughs> and it the ball rolls and rolls and it finally stops and he's like inches away from this ball right and of course um you know the officials have to come over and move the um little the rope line yeah the yeah. ropes so that uh, all the patrons are far enough away so he can chip it onto the green but um it was crazy because i was like i've never seen that happen that's great that's wild and then it happened again yes and then later <laughs> in the on exact same spot where um the scheffler scheffler mm-hmm. hit his basically in the exact same spot and same cameraman same cameraman this time he opted instead of the leg lift he opted for the butt scoot yes and he scooted forward so the ball didn't hit him Oh, it was hilarious. Yes. And everybody was laughing this time because the first time everybody was like shocked and like, oh no. And this time everybody was like, haha, like that's hilarious. This just happened. <laughs> so it was cool to see it twice. Yeah. And and um, and it was funny because DeChambeau, like that first hit was bad. Yeah. And, well, I guess I won't say bad. It was not ideal. Right. And he ended up having a tough time on hole yeah. 13 where um, on the other, Scheffler on the other hand, was like birdied birdied after after Mm -hmm. it getting it that put him yeah that put him at six under par and it was funny because i turned to benjamin and i was like as for example what if he's at eight under par like at the end of the day because he was asking (laughs) because i i didn't understand how the scores go from day to day yeah uh and so lisa was explaining it to Mm -hmm. me and i predicted that he would be eight under on the day and he ended up ending out ending at eight under the on the day and i was like hmm, well maybe i'm a sports commentator now <laughs> <laughs> with a huge lead yeah scheffler came out a friday looking yeah 
definitely. I mean, he was five strokes ahead That's of right. the next highest player. Which, yeah, I saw something on ESPN where it's like four out of the last five times somebody's been leading on Friday by five, they've won the yeah. whole thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, at the time of this recording, he hasn't even teed off on Saturday yet. But right. we're, uh, Scheffler definitely looking very impressive. Yep. Uh, we, I think he might have been the last. He was in the last grouping. The yes. last grouping that we saw. It was Adam Scott, who is a you know previous Masters winner. Um, yeah. Tony Finau, Finau, I'm not sure how to say it, and Scott Scheffler. So, yeah, we saw them last, which just felt fitting. You yeah. know, it was almost like a reward for sticking around. It was like closure, too, because that was the last group that went through. And we got to see like through the end of hole 13 sitting there. And then we made our way yeah, back well, toward the gate. DeChambeau showing up was kind of the like, oh, here come the A-listers, or, or at least for me, because mm-hmm. I don't know these golfers very well. So I only know the ones that are so relevant that their names kind of break through the headlines for even the most general sports fan. Yeah. Uh, so I, I knew who DeChambeau was. Um, and then I also knew who Matsuyama was. I watched the Masters last year with my dad and I saw Matsuyama win. Mm-hmm. So I was excited to see him come through again. And even though Matsuyama got a uh, penalty for landing in the creek, and he had to do the ball drop thing mm-hmm. where he just drops it. He then had a really nice chip over the creek and he ended up Perfect with placement. a par. Yeah. Yeah. Was which good. was really impressive to see him kind of save par mm-hmm. um, despite the water hazard. Um, and he actually showed up right after Tiger. Yeah. And Tiger, I finally got to see kind of the circus that follows Tiger. Yes. And I had something to compare it to because I saw all these quote unquote normal professionals mm-hmm. uh, who went through before and, you know, they're earning the applause. They have to. Uh, you know, do something impressive to get applause. And, you know, some of them got a little bit of fanfare, but for the most part, everyone was kind of treated equally uh, for what they were doing. But not Tiger. Everybody, first off, the closer we got to Tiger getting to hole 13, the more more crowded crowded. the stands and all the standing room down below next to the ropes became. Yes. And I was telling you that. I was like, I'm warning you, there's going to be a million people here. And then right as soon as he finishes, it's going to be people, you know, hiking to the next hole to see him because people follow him all day. So Tiger comes in. He, uh, he he took the safe route. He didn't go straight for the green. He, Mm -hmm. he went short of the Creek, chipped it over. And I believe he got a birdie. I think so. I think that chip on was his third stroke. And then he, he putted it right in. And Mm -hmm. we saw somebody, um, do the safe route again, like pretty much right where Tiger was because between us and the golfers, it was a camera and that had happened a few groupings prior, same exact chip shot, same exact, um, you know, putting into the hole and not nearly as much applause. Yeah, people went wild for for a Tiger Woods. I mean, it was the exact, it was like copy paste, exact same, you know, play. And just because you know there were Tiger Andes out there, it (laughs) it was a huge thing. And I mean, he played well, but at that point, he was three over that. um, Yeah, that hole made him two over. So he definitely was not in the lead. and again, I, I understand the respect behind Tiger's name. He's won the Masters many times. He's the youngest to ever win it. Uh, but at the same time, you're like respecting all the other players out there as well. So yeah, it was kind of a circus. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it, I really what typified it for me was the next on hole 14. I mean, you can tell kind of a little bit of like the difference between various drives. Like mm-hmm. if you, you know, 
hook it to the right. It's like that's not a great drive, but like we're just watching guys hit their balls and get begin. The yeah, next and hole. it's like there's not it's much quiet more to applause see. after you're like you know you, you mostly did the applause well. after the drives were when the players were just Walking parading by. past us and people are just giving their appreciation for their play. But when Tiger like hit his drive, eruption yeah, of applause, and uh, and then when he walked by, of course, a standing ovation. Yes, for Tiger Woods, everybody was standing. Everybody was yelling, "Tiger!" Everybody, you know, it was. And then, just hilarious. like you predicted, as soon as Tiger was gone, the crowd was gone. <laughs> so mm-hmm. many people got up and left. Well, people We're- were queuing, so you have to stay in the stands until play has like finished. Yeah. So obviously, to respect the players, to you know cut down on the amount of sounds and noise you know is happening in the background so when the players finish putting and move over to driving that's when you can move but when they start driving you are not supposed to leave the stands and of course people were trying to leave the stands as soon as possible so they were already queuing up to leave which is also probably why a lot of people were standing because they couldn't see since people were right ready ready to leave but yeah it was it was empty after that, which is hilarious because the next grouping had Matsuyama in it. Matsuyama was, was doing good. He was two under when he showed up. Really, really good. Yeah. And he is the former Masters champion. You yeah, know, this he's previous the year. Champion. Yeah, the defending yeah. champion. So it was kind of wild to see that. And um, then, the, yeah, those people that left, they missed out on Scheffler almost hitting the cameraman and mm-hmm. then birdieing. Yeah. So I, I honestly, it was awesome to stick around uh, and aim in corner. I think it was a great place to camp out. Mm-hmm. And we got to see a lot of cool stuff over there. And yeah. I, honestly, I like <laughs> so like easily won over. Like I'm rooting for Scheffler. Like I hope that <laughs> we see him win just because I don't know. That we was liked, a memorable way to end the day. We liked his uh, outfit too. He was wearing like all blue Nike and it was it was sharp. I, I thought it was all <laughs> black at first and then he walked close by and I was like, oh, okay, it's navy. Oh, yeah. And the outfits out there were great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like you and I were dressed pretty well. Yeah, we uh, had cute outfits. But yeah, I definitely <laughs> uh, enjoyed that as well. But yeah, so that was, that was basically it. On our way out, we hit the, the store. The golf store, yeah. And uh, definitely... Spent some money, uh, uh, you know. So much money. Had to get had to get the the commemorative, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shirts and the hats and all the good stuff. Got some good gifts for people. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we were talking about made up for it is my grandparents graciously, you know, got these tickets and buy them, and then we just use them. They don't right. expect us to pay them back, um, and it's a huge like honor again to like be able to use those tickets. And so the fact that we aren't even paying to be there. It was kind of like, well, I'll definitely pay for something, you know, to commemorate my time here. And that's another example of the way they streamline this stuff because it's unlike normal stores where you're just like kind of grabbing things off the shelf. I mean, there's something like that, but they had a whole desk with like 20 people standing behind Mm -hmm. it and they're like, which hat do you want me to get for you? And they Mm -hmm. had them all numbered and visible easily. Same thing with the shirts and it just made everything really easy to go through. Didn't have to wait around very long. We were in and out of the store. Yeah. Bunch of different cash registers. Like again, it was just such a nice, quick experience. Yes. So, um, and, and, you know, great stuff. I'm, I'm gonna, again, be super stoked to be able to wear my master's stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to remember this trip and, and also to rep the master's, a very cool golf tournament. Yep. So th- I think I think that is where we can end it, a very cool um, trip to the master's. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. Yeah. And I want to thank you for taking me. Yeah. And, thank you for coming with me. It was very fun. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll go again someday. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. So I'm going to end it there. Um, bye. Bye. Bye.